Hi, Smarties. We are so excited to welcome Mr. Mike DeMeo onto our podcast. Mr. DeMeo has a fabulous YouTube channel that we've talked about many times on the podcast. His videos have taught so many of our clients to skip count and build their confidence as math learners. You'll hear us chat about these videos and so much more on today's episode. As a reminder, we are excited to welcome so many of you to Patreon. If you haven't subscribed yet, go to www.patreon.com slash learnsmarterpodcast. And for a $5 a month subscription, you'll hear our extended interview with Mr. DeMeo and other freebies and videos that we're posting exclusively on that platform. It's an easy and simple way to support the work that we're doing here on the podcast, and we'd be really grateful to have you behind us. Now, let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 103 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And today we welcome Mr. DeMeo. Yay! <laughs> welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you having me on. This is an exciting day for us. It is an exciting day for us. We'll just get started and say you've helped a lot of learners over here who are our clients in educational therapy, and I'm sure so many other learners across the globe. I think you know a little bit about your impact already, but we just wanted to thank you. But why don't you share, Mr. DeMeo, what you do and why we invited you on the podcast? <laughs> I uh, make videos for kids. It's the simplest form of what it is. I make educational content for kids on YouTube that they seem to dig and not mind watching too much. They love it. Yeah. You know, in this day and age, to be able to get them to watch something educational on YouTube, that's amazing because so often they just want to watch videos of Jojo Siwa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was always my goal. I always wanted to make stuff that kids didn't realize that they were learning while they were watching. It was the kind of thing that they would just put on and it would feel like it was one of the cool things, but at the same time, wasn't too in your face like, Hey, I'm one of you guys. I'm cool. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. That's always my goal. That's definitely our philosophy as well. If you can trick them, amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> so we primarily use your math videos to teach skip counting. Mm -hmm. And our clients are going to be very excited because they're going to feel like we're talking to a celebrity right now. So it's really <laughs> exciting. Oh, yeah. But you have helped so many of our learners. We teach skip counting often through the songs in your video. They're really engaging. The songs are really familiar. The beats are on point. And you do fun little dances. And each video kind of has its own theme and look. And so through that, we've been able to teach so many learners their math facts. Yes. And we do it so quickly and it's not painful and it's not laborious for them. And we don't drill and kill anything. And we just teach them how to think about numbers in a way that's fast and efficient using their fingers because God gave them 10 fingers and 10 toes. So let's use them. Yeah. And so Steph, I think you've initially discovered these videos and brought them to my attention, right? Yeah, I did. I found you because I was looking for something that was engaging to teach that I could remember and that I didn't mind listening to 50,000 times. 
slow it down one through five first one hand at a time yeah (laughs) over and over and over again (laughs) exactly and then I knew it was a serious thing when I would wake up in the morning and one of your songs would be in my head Mm -hmm. I have that version of the song rather than the actual version of the song in my head right right (laughs) it's almost parody style right is that the best word for it yeah exactly and so I started using your videos several years ago, and I just have to say, all of my kids love them. And that's ranging from kids that aren't in third grade. They're not learning multiplication yet. Some of them I've taught, mm-hmm. and they're in second grade. Little dudes, mm-hmm. yeah. Little dudes that like know how to skip count and are teaching their older siblings. Mm-hmm. To older kids that are even in middle school, and in particular, one of my clients who has a pretty severe traumatic brain injury... And when she first started coming to me, she couldn't even really add two plus two or two plus three very well. Mm. And this kid now can literally do all of her multiplication tables, like all of her skip counting. She knows them all. That's awesome. And she has to sing through it, which is fine. And she uses her fingers. Mm -hmm. She's in seventh grade at the moment. And the fact that she's doing fifth, sixth grade math is unbelievable and you have a huge part in that because she loves you and now she's going to be embarrassed because she's knowing that i'm talking about her but she absolutely <laughs> loves you yeah this is going to be the one episode our clients actually listen to yeah yeah totally you're definitely super cool in their minds all right i'll take it <laughs> let me start up front by saying we've talked about you in other episodes and so we'll link those other episodes in the show notes and we'll also link your youtube channel Boom. in Thank the show you. notes so if our audience and our smarties aren't familiar go check it out because it's super fun to watch please do Hey, Smarties. This is Rachel just popping in. I hope you're enjoying Mr. DeMeo. He's super fun, isn't he? And you should definitely go and check out his YouTube channel because it has helped so many learners in both of our practices learn their math facts, which is totally the gateway into later math success. So if you have a learner who struggles with showing their work on the page, or you have no idea how they solved a problem, you cannot tell from their work, or they don't label their problems, or even if they don't turn in their math homework, we are still offering virtual sessions at my practice, which is CAP Educational Therapy group. We're located in Beverly Hills, but we are loving the virtual sessions and the virtual time that we get to spend with our learners. And we love working with learners who are struggling with math, executive functioning, writing, reading comprehension, and decoding. So if you are interested in finding out more about CAP Educational Therapy Group, sign up for a phone call on my website. It's www.capedtherapy.com. Also, Smarties, from Steph and I, we just want to thank those of you who have signed up for Patreon. Patreon is a $5 monthly subscription that gives you access to our bonus content. What it really does is also help support the work that we're doing here on this podcast. We have some fun interviews coming up, including extra content from Mr. DeMeo. And we look forward to always sharing that with our patrons on Patreon. So please go to www.patreon.com slash learn smarter podcasts to support the work that we're doing here. And it really means so much to the both of us. So back to the show. So tell us a little bit about yourself now that we spent a good five minutes gushing. Tell us a little bit about 
who you are and your background and what ultimately brought you to making these awesome videos. I started teaching in the same town that I grew up in. And when I was a kid, I was not the best student. I always struggled in school and I always felt like I couldn't pay attention. I think teachers weren't getting through to me. But one thing I always realized is that I always did well with things like Bill Nye and Beekman's World and shows like that. And I would be glued to like the History Channel and stuff. So when I became a teacher, I started to use those same videos. I would use Bill Nye and Beekman's World History Channel, Discovery Channel. And I noticed that my students just weren't as into it. They would pay attention to me a little bit, you know, but there'd be times I would do history lessons or science lessons and they would get a little bored. So I'd say, all right, let me put a little, you know, pizzazz on it. And I would (laughs) kind of make my own goofy videos and I would just use them in class and the kids went nuts for it. And I had like a slight music background that could play and compose music really, really well on computer. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, let me try multiplication songs. And I just started making music and put it all together. I reached out to a few friends of mine who also play music. And I said, hey, can you lay bass on this? Hey, can you put guitar on this? And I would just use it in school. And then we got hit by a huge storm, the storm, Superstorm Sandy. And our town was wrecked. The kids were displaced out of the school. We had to go to like a different building. And I used to have 20 kids. They had to put 35 kids in my room at once in this small place. It was horrible. So I made a new multiplication video. I was like, all right, I'm going to make something new to try to, you know, bring up their spirits. Maybe they'll watch it at home. And I made my four times table video, which is blurred lines. Mm-hmm. And in the town, it blew up. Parents were sharing it on Facebook like crazy. And I remember the other guy who filmed the video with me, he would call me every 20 minutes. It's up to 400 views. It's up to 600 (laughs) views. And kids were like obsessed with it. And it just kept evolving. It became the thing to where I said, okay, now I'm going to make the sevens. Now I'm going to make the fives. And then they became bigger video productions to where I was downloading and buying like fancy software and using green screens to do different things. And now it's become a second job. (laughs) which is awesome yeah that's cool your students how do they react to the videos now do you think well a lot of them they get to brag to people that they know okay that was my question all right (laughs) they're with that teacher who's to them is famous on youtube so it's a really big deal to them a lot of parents fight to be in my class because it's like a special thing almost. And I taught third grade for nine years. So parents would always make a big deal to get me and make sure they were in my class because they wanted their kid to learn multiplication with Mr. DeMayo. Uh, it was a massive deal. But now I teach fifth and I teach the entire grade, but I don't teach math anymore. But when they moved me, the principal came to me and he said, I'd rather have Mike DeMayo be with the entire grade than one grade. Hmm. And initially I was so against it. And then when he said that, you know, it made me feel really proud that they thought that of me, that they'd rather have me be with this and the whole grade than just one specific. So, And then that also means that you probably had a couple of years where you already knew the kids. Because if they were in third grade and you moved up to fifth, they got you twice. Totally. This grade that I have now and this crop of kids, and I say this every year and parents probably like you say that every year, but this is one of my favorite groups of kids that I've ever had because... We just get a really, 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 really well along. 
they listen to everything I say. They're very respectful, but at the same time, you know, we have a good relationship. Yeah, you're coming into the school year with a certain level of credibility and admiration already earned from the parents and from the kids themselves. Because my question to you was going to be, do the kids coming into your class know that you're the guy in the videos? And the answer is, yeah. Yes. Some of them aren't as aware as they are. They'll come and be like, oh yeah, you have YouTube videos. But then within a few classes where they get to know me and they start to really like me, they go and they check them out mm-hmm. the more if they haven't already. And they're like, oh my God, you've got this many subscribers <laughs> and this many views. I had no idea. That's so cool. They'll take pictures with me and they'll send it to their, their cousins <laughs> and stuff. And oh, like, that's so... Did you know that he's my teacher? <laughs> This is kind of a weird question, but go with me on it. Do you use the videos in class? Do you get to see the kids reacting to them in real time? And is it weird to watch yourself up there? (laughs) It depends on the year. Like sometimes, like last year, for example, we did team teaching and I had another teacher in the room. So it was weird for me to say, okay, let's show my video with me, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. even though I was friends with the person. When it was Mm -hmm. just me, it was okay. But when there's another adult in the room, I do get a little weirded out by it. Yeah, I do use them, but not every single one. A lot of people and even teachers in my school used to think that I would exclusively only teach multiplication using song. (laughs) And they'd be like, oh, I hate that he does this. You know, they should understand it rather than just memorize it. And I agree with that mindset. But at the same time, it's a healthy way to introduce something for kids who struggle with it. Yes. But. I use most of them. I wouldn't say 100% of them, but most of them in my class. It also makes sense now to me that you're doing all those science ones. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And it makes sense now you're teaching science. I have two audiences, multiplication people and science and social studies people. And the science and social studies videos have actually surpassed now the math videos. So they're getting the heavy attention from me lately. I like it. So where do you get your ideas from? couple places. So number one, I always talk to kids in the class. They come to me and they'll say, Mr. Mayo, you need to make a video about, for example, meteors. And at first I'd be like, I don't know. But then they would give me some kind of justification. For example, black holes. They were like, I have no idea what a black hole is. I look it up on YouTube. I get these fancy videos and I can't understand what these people are trying to say. Mm -hmm. Can you make it for me? And that's how it always starts. Most of my videos are from kids in my class who came to me and said, can you make this for me? Like I had this one planet video. This is one of the first ones I ever made. It's 20 minutes long. And there was this girl, her name was Kara. Yeah, so I taught all five of her siblings. And she came to me one day and she said, can you teach me about the planets? I kept pushing it off because it was the kind of thing we were supposed to cover late in the year. And I went home and I made a video and it was really made specifically for her and she graduated Val Victorian from the school a couple of years later and she would always thank me for doing the kinds of things that I was able to do by creating things for her but videos always start with a kid recommendation with comments on YouTube with Patreon people on my Patreon will tell me you know you should uh, make a video about this and I also just scour YouTube to see what other people are not creating and I'll make something on that which is smart. And the thing that's so wonderful about YouTube and you doing this channel is that video is so captivating for kids these days. And since they have such a short attention span, 
and they're on the devices and all of that, being able to get them to want to watch your videos and want to learn something is phenomenal. And you've got this music component to things, which is such a huge draw. Absolutely. It really is. It's an easy in. It's so accessible to kids because they're already familiar with the music. They already know the melody and everything. And so giving them new words to songs that they're familiar with, well, it's a quick study for them. Absolutely. I always made sure, too, that it wasn't the kind of thing that was forced. Like, I wouldn't try to force numbers into a song. Yeah. Like, for example, the nine times table one. Uh-huh. Which is a mashup. Yeah, it's a mashup of my favorite 90s songs. <laughs> they all just kind of just came to me. It wasn't like I said, I have to make the nine times tables and I like 90s songs. I kept going nine, 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 nine. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, that would be so cool. And then it always evolved. So I always make sure that it really actually fits into the song and this is the kind of thing that I forced into it. It's the same when we're writing a podcast episode. If we are struggling, it's not the right episode for us to be doing. Yeah. And just so you know, I use the Ace of Bass 9 section. Yes. (laughs) When I did teach the nine times tables, I would always do, I count by nines, because that's the catchiest one to me. 27, 36, and 45, 54, 60, 37, 2, All right, we know you know. (laughs) I just had to go through the whole thing and get it out. It's like the ABCs, you got to go till the end. There are times that I would make entire songs and they felt too forced and I would just delete the entire song because I felt like this isn't going to resonate with them. If I don't want to listen to it and I'm not feeling it, then they're not going to feel it. Yeah. It's so true. We in particular, as educational therapists, work with kids who struggle. And that's anything from having a learning disability to having anxiety or just not understanding who they are as learners or not understanding how to learn. And being able to have them connect with something, either visually or musically, and see your face and know that you become this like trusted person, like you're almost like an extra teacher. Mm -hmm. They really connect with you. And you're that like goofy, cool teacher that is so fun for them. And so if I say, okay, let's go to your channel, or they'll type it in the computer themselves, like they're so funny about it. They're like, let's see if he has a new one. It's so cute. (laughs) So I just have to say, like, I really appreciate and know that you have definitely helped so many kids. That's awesome. The other element of that, I love working on math with kids because it wasn't easy for me as a student. And I really depended on the kindness of teachers and other students in the classroom who understood the material much better than me to explain things to me. So I love working with that population, particularly girls who have that negative mindset of I'm not good at math for whatever reason. And oftentimes they're referred to me because they struggle with math and because they're not learning their math facts, especially those third graders or fourth and fifth graders who never quite had it. Mm -hmm. And I have so much confidence that, oh, I'm going to teach you and give us two sessions. You'll have them all done. And the confidence that that builds, the trust that that builds in us, that we're going to help them learn faster and learn smarter and learn quicker, and it's not going to be painful, and parents don't know better, 
that it doesn't have to be the drill and kill of a flashcard to memorize this and yeah. and don't use your fingers and don't count and all that kind of stuff, which we totally think kids need to be using their fingers and why not 100%. take every advantage that we can to learn material and make it physical and make it kinesthetic for kids. So it shifts the mindset and builds confidence so quickly for kids when they can see, oh, if I just do it in a different way, mm -hmm. I'm going to get it. And then they go back to school and they're sharing these songs with their friends. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling they do open up the YouTube channel and show their friends because mm -hmm. I've had teachers email me for the channel. But it's amazing to see these kids who were struggling initially mm -hmm. now are confident, khaki, going to their friends and like, look what I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? That's awesome. It's the yeah. best. It's, it is it's, really. It's an intimidating thing before going and learning those skills you hear of multiplication as a kid and yeah. you're almost like, Ugh. I don't know. I had a hard time with addition and subtraction. Now you're going to throw multiplication division at me. Yeah. But I've always been of the mindset of a lot of people may object to songs, but I say whatever it takes. Totally. If it takes a kid a song to do it, if it takes his fingers, who cares? As long as they're doing it and they feel confident and that's the road that they want to go down and, you know, let them go down that road. Absolutely. And can you tell us a little bit about your process of making these videos? Once you have the idea, then what happens? So it's weird. The first one that happened to like a real song was Sublime's What I Got, that song. I sang to myself, and I kept memorizing that part of the song where he's singing. And I went, a three, six, nine, 12, 15, 18. And I said, oh, man, that kind of fits really, really good. So one day I was teaching and I had my friend come in and he brought in his guitar and we sang it to the kids. And I was like, man, this really, really clicks to the kids. And that mindset kind of never left me. I heard blurred lines and he goes, if you can't hear what I'm trying to say. And I went, four, eight, and it just clicks <laughs> immediately. And I start to write it down and I leave it. I, like I don't force it. And I'll leave and I'll go to the gym and I'll come home and I'll go, oh yeah, this part fits to that too. The next thing is always the music, which takes the longest amount of time is finding the right kind of sound for it all. I always tell myself, I want it to sound like the kind of thing you could make with instruments you could find in a school. So I always try to do that. So I always try to use cheap instruments like ukuleles, like shakers, things like that. So xylophones. So that's always the next step is making the music. And then I work on it probably for about two months where I record the audio, record the music. And until I get something that I know that kids would want to listen to. And then the last step is always I show it to the kids, my students. I ask for their opinions. They'll say, you got to turn this part up or can we shout hey in the background? I'll be like, yeah, it's actually a good idea. Let's throw some haze in there. I'll record them and stuff like that. And then I listen to it on a million devices. I'll listen on my headphones in the car, you know, everywhere just to make sure it sounds good. And then, then the video idea is always the hardest part too, is coming up with an idea. So the next part was making sure that I had a video that went just as well along with the music. So the music's got to catch them. The music's got to reel them in, but the video has to do that same job too. So I try to come up with a different concept with every video too. Like my eight times table, I said, I'll just keep the camera in the same place and I'll keep changing it. And I got that idea from a Pharrell Williams video. I saw he was doing that. 
I said, I could probably do that too, but in the classroom. And I tried to just come up with something different every single time. And you recorded at different times of the day because you can see it's light out, it's dark out. There's people walking, there's not people walking. That particular one, I started at three o'clock right as the kids left. And I didn't end until seven o'clock at night. I was the only one. And the only reason we went late is because I wanted one of my students' dads to be in the video to surprise her. Oh, that's cute. And uh, he didn't get out of work until 6.30. So I waited at the school until he could come and then be in the video. He's the guy in the white shirt with the glasses. <laughs> I always assumed that everyone else was just a teacher. I didn't no. even think that they would be parents. That's cool. Yeah. Back in the day, the way it started was all teachers. And then over time, um, I had to reach out to other people who had different music talents that I could throw in and that kind of thing. Teachers started to lose interest in my school a little bit. Of being... <laughs> it was fun at first, but... <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Now... They're like, yeah, it's cool. And then I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Have you already released these songs onto like Apple Music and just released them? No, so it's a sketchy thing because they're covers of songs. Got it. Okay. Even being on YouTube, basically the people who originally create the songs have to say it's okay for me to do that. And I don't have to get written approval, but you submit it through YouTube and then YouTube says, yeah, they allow it, you know? Okay. So like Bruno Mars, for example, his people had to give that song the okay when it uploaded on YouTube. Oh, wow. So when you're at the end of the whole process and you're ready to upload it, they could at that point potentially be like, no, I don't want them using it in this way. You can look it up. So basically YouTube has a YouTube music policy page and you go on that. Let's say if I typed in a Ray Charles song and it would say, you can have this video on YouTube. You can't have this video on YouTube. Things like that. Oh, okay. So you can know in advance. Yes. Okay, good. Otherwise I would go crazy. You'd waste so much time. Is there anything else that you want to tell our audience about or tell the kids or you know, just want parents to know or educators. Creating videos was the kind of thing that that a lot of teachers are doing now in the face of a crisis. Mm -hmm. And some people are seeing a good response with it. Some people, maybe not. But I think a lot of teachers should see this as an eye-opening experience to apply it in their classroom beyond in the face of an emergency, you know? This is the kind of thing that might resonate with your kids. So consider it. Every business and every sort of worker is realizing a lot about, you know, the fixed mindset that we all have about this is the way that things need to be done. We've gone completely virtual with our teams and with our clients and there's an in-person value, but this is working virtually as well. And that's something to really consider and also it stretches us as people we've had to become better more interesting more dynamic more engaging Mm -hmm. educational therapists because we don't have the benefit of the in-person report that we depend on Mm -hmm. and so i definitely think a lot of teachers are going to take away something from this whole world event i hope one of the things that the parents take away is that I know there's a lot of debate and a lot of issue regarding screen time. And especially now that kids are on Zoom sessions or Google Meet or whatever, and they're on their screens all day. But if we can make some of that screen time be beneficial and have it not be all or none, I think that is a huge win. It makes learning fun. I tell people all the time, 
kids, the way they're learning is completely changing. From 10 years ago, when I first started teaching to now, they don't learn in the same manner. They yeah. have, their attention spans are shorter. They want their information in their face immediately. And we can either adapt or, you know, force them into a box and, you know, force them to learn a specific way. And I chose to adapt, you know, yeah. make videos that they want to go home and they want to watch and give them the facts in their face and hope they retain it. And nine times out of 10, they do. So yeah, we're grateful. Well, we can't thank you enough for giving us some of your morning this morning and hanging out with us on the podcast. You're going to stick around and we're going to record a couple more minutes just for our Patreon listeners. So if you haven't joined Patreon and you want to hear more about our conversation with Mr. DeMeo, go to www.patreon.com slash Podcast. And Mr. DeMeo, what's your Patreon? Shout it out. Patreon.com backslash Mr. DeMeo. There you go. So we'll put that <laughs> in the show notes as well if you want to support the work that he's doing. He's impacting lives. So thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you. It's my pleasure. My pleasure.